You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. We've all been there. Possibly it's in the morning, possibly it's witching hour. Hell, with young children, it could be any moment of the day. I'm talking temper tantrums, spilt food, smacking, that is the kids smacking you, not the other way around, and general, you know, blood pressure rising chaos. For most of us, this happens at least once a day, though some days it can feel like it's just an ongoing thread of events. To help us find calm in the chaos, we've got Amy Taylor Kabaz in the studio. She's a life coach, meditation teacher, and author of Happy Mama, The Guide to Finding Yourself Again. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. I just feel calmer with you being here. Maybe all I need is for you to come to my house and just stay there. That's right. Or listen to the meditation every day at 12.30. Uh, That is true. (laughs) That is true. Now, uh, let's get into some specific examples Mm -hmm. because... There are different times when the chaos can erupt and what better way to start than the morning drop off when you're trying to get out the door, kids are hopping around with one sock, can't find the other sock, won't put their shoes on, won't brush their hair. I'm just listening what happened this morning in my house, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, son sits down and starts crying, refuses to move because his sister hit him with a maraca. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Again, that did happen. Uh, Very specific there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How do we deal with a maraca moment? Okay. Yeah, when it's illogical, mm. you know, in the morning when you know you've got a deadline, you know mm. you have to get the kids mm. to school, daycare, we get a little bit of leeway, but perhaps you're on your way to work, perhaps you've got to be somewhere else and the kids are just not cooperating. How do you ground yourself in that moment when the pressure is just on. I love that you said ground yourself in that moment because what I have found with all of the mummers that I work with on this, I recently ran a free online event around this specific issue of trying to stay calm in the chaos. And nearly 1,500 women joined just to get these really simple tips. And at the very core of it, we need to understand that our stress level affects their stress level. Now, we all know that as parents. We know that when we're not coping, when we're rushing, where we're looking at the time going, come on, come on, come on, come on, of course they feed off of that. So at the very start, the very first thing we need to do is make sure that we are calm in the chaos. And that requires us being organized and being aware of what we're telling ourselves in the moment. So as you know from my work, the biggest thing that I focus on is almost like the mindset that you bring into parenting every day. Because if the story you're telling yourself in those moments is, why is this so hard? Why do I have to say this 17,000 times every day? Why am I always late? Surely everybody else's kids is better than mine. <laughs> Does that <laughs> sound <not>. familiar? Yeah. <laughs> then that is the energy we're bringing to the moment. So the first thing we need to do is tune into our body. In those moments, I guarantee you, your your fists will probably be clenched or at least feeling like they are. Your shoulders will be up. Often your throat is quite tight and you are just feeling so frazzled. Now, children, especially under the age of eight, react to our energy. They actually react to our emotions more than our words. So if we're saying it in a calm voice, but we're giving off the energy of being stressed and overwhelmed, then they actually feed off of that. It's their little sensitive systems are so responsive to the way that we are feeling at the time. So we really need to get into our body. It's the best mindfulness 
practice you can have because when we get into our body, we're switching out of our mind. We're switching out of that noise that's constantly in our head and coming back into the moment. So I know it sounds like an obvious thing, but deep breaths right down into your belly switches off that fight or flight response. It is a physical reaction and a physical signal you send to your emotions and your nervous system that it's not a fire. Yes. <laughs> You're not chasing your, you know, from a bear because that's primarily what we used to do. When we went into that response, it was because we were unsafe. We were in danger or our children were in danger. But the way we live our lives now, we bring that sense of danger to the fact that we're not going to get out of the door in time, to the fact that we're running late or we can't find a shoe or whatever. So we, re- we really need to be aware of our mindset and what's happening in our body first. One of the tips that I share with mamas that has really worked amazingly well for so many recently is choosing one part of your body that you seem to hold your stress in. Now, as I said, it might be in your hands or in your shoulders, but the majority of us are unaware of how much tension and stress we have in our tongue. Now, I know Ooh. this sounds really <laughs> obscure. This is a teaching, a yoga, yoga teaching, that most of us hold our stress, anger, our um, toxic words, all of those things are held in the energy in our tongue. Now, I know this might sound a bit out there for some of you, but if you relax your tongue for a moment, you can feel that your jaw relaxes, your throat relaxes, and then that relaxes your shoulders. So even if we don't go into the spiritual yogic understanding of what's happening here, the tongue is where, right at the back of the tongue, is actually where we are holding most of our stress, especially if we're trying not to yell. (laughs) Especially if we're trying not to say, because we're running so late. If you can, in that moment, take a breath and think about the tongue and just at the back of the tongue there, just kind of almost relax it and let it spread out, you will pause, those horrible words won't come out of your mouth, you will be calmer and in the moment, and you will be able to just see the situation differently. So if the tongue doesn't work for you, you can choose your shoulders, you can choose your belly, but it is a really powerful thing to remember that this part of our body holds most of that anger and those angry words that we're about to spit out. Yes. And what we want to do is trying to release them before they're released another way. Yes, that's a very good point. And what's interesting for me about that is that when that stuff happens, when if I ever get cross with my kids, nine times out of 10, it's not about running late. Even though I'm frustrated, it's not about I'm running. It's about that maybe my partner's expecting me to do something, but I've got deadlines at work and and I just, why can't he do it while I need to go? Or my daughter might've said something that was uh, ungrateful or triggered something. And then all of a sudden it's like, why don't you ever respect me? But it's not about Mm. the simple process of getting out the door. And as soon as I get angry, as soon as I react to that, it is 10 times harder mm-hmm. than before <laughs> before mm. I said anything. Mm. Okay, I'm going to try the tongue thing. Um, <laughs> and that sort of brings me to the next question about the triggers that can sort of tip you over the edge. So anyone knows that most mornings, if you have to get out of the house, can be chaotic. There are stressful times when it just all conflates. 
But I've found there could be something unexpected that you find out in a moment and then your child comes straight up and presses that red button. And it could be that someone you love dearly, you've just found out they're really ill. It could be that you found out you've got a meeting with your boss and you don't know what it's about. Um, Anything that might add a level of tension. You know, your mother-in-law's just said they're going to come and stay for a fortnight. I don't know. I mean, I love my mother-in-law, so it's not my case. But, you know, the things Mm -hmm. that other people get stressed about. And then... It just takes one thing and you just snap. That can feel like something that's really out of your control. I mean, do you have any suggestions on how to get on top of that before you do snap? Yeah, I think the first thing we need to understand is that we're all human beings. And when we do hear really bad news in those moments or we do have an unexpected situation or circumstance thrown on us, that it's only natural that we're stretched to the extreme because what happens when our children come up and and, and poke us or interrupt us is that we have no resilience left. The cup is empty. And of course, on a day-to-day basis, we're hoping that we're filling our cups in different ways, whether it's through meditation, mindfulness, exercise, turning off your phone and just sitting outside, whatever it is that you're doing to try and fill that cup as often as possible. So when those unexpected events happen we don't run empty very quickly. But let's be compassionate towards ourselves. We do get to those points where it is too much. The world expects too much from us. And I think if we can be compassionate to ourselves in that moment, we accept what is and we behave differently. But so often... The reason why we snap in those moments is because we are trying to process or do too many things at once. Multitasking, even if it's just still reading that email about your friend with your kids trying to eat, you know, lunch and annoying you at the same time, it's it's too much for us to process. We expect far too much from ourselves. So a, a sentence I call the mantras, a mantra that I really love to use with this is only this in this moment. Only this in this moment. So if you are trying to process what's happened to your friend or whatever that news is, you can allow yourself to stop for a moment and say, I'll come back to that in a moment and turn around and look at your child and think to yourself, only this in this moment. Because then we're fully present again and we're not stretched like an elastic band that's just gone too far. It's a great way to do it with... um, cooking dinner or reading a story to your child or even just getting ready in the morning when we really need to stop trying to do seven different things at once that's where the chaos comes from so if we can remind ourselves of this simple sentence and the brain loves repetition it loves us repeating the same thing over and over again it creates a new neural pathway it creates that sense of calm in the chaos so if we can have something as simple as only this in this moment and focus on what we're doing, knowing that we can come back to that other thing we need to think about or process or organize later, then we can stop feeling so stretched and overwhelmed. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Amy Taylor-Kabaz. She's a life coach and author of Happy Mama, The Guide to Finding Yourself Again. And we're talking about finding calm in the chaos. I'm throwing a few examples at Amy just to uh, see if she can give us a few tips of how we can get through them. We were talking about the stress of the morning and also if perhaps, you, you know, you hear some bad news and then your kids come at you and you just snap. So Amy had some really great tips for that. Um, look, if we could finish with um, a couple of ones that are particularly my little things. Um, so one thing that 
I don't know that it, it doesn't necessarily make me snap, but chaos in the true sense of the physical chaos of family life. When you have a really messy house, I know not everyone is like this and I completely accept if you love, if you don't mind mess, I salute you. I think that is totally fine. But for some reason, for me, having a tidy house makes me feel quite good. It kind of feels cleansing in a way, like, oh, you know, isn't this nice? I would say it makes me feel like I'm in control, but even a clean house wouldn't make me feel in control, but maybe that's part of it. I mean, how how do you deal with that kind of stress? Because it can be stressful if you want a clean house and every day you come home and there's toys and clothes and you're walking through and you're always the one picking up that toy or that piece of clothing and putting it in the right place. And then you come and fix it up and someone's put a t-shirt in the pants. (laughs) That's why I couldn't find it on sports day. It's your fault. Um, Would that be a sort of stress as well that you're trying to, or a chaos, I guess, that you're Mm. trying to calm? And if so, how do you do that? Mm. Well, there's so much in there that we could talk about. I mean, first of all, you're exactly right. That sense of tidiness is a way to control a world that feels out of control. I'm a very clean person as well, and I really need my world to be clean and organized because otherwise it is totally chaotic with three kids and a husband that's away a lot for work. So I get that desire, but I also know that when I'm feeling really overwhelmed and things are really chaotic, I obsess about my house more than usual. Okay. And I bet you if you start recognizing that, you'll see the same thing. So when I'm in a good place and I feel like life's flowing and we're all happy, I don't really care that the floor is dirty or that those toys aren't put away. But when I'm not doing well inside myself, inside my head, I feel like I'm behind on a deadline or I'm overwhelmed with something that's happening in my world, then suddenly the kid's toy corner is the bane of my life. (laughs) So I think we need to recognize it for what it's representing. We want to control that because we feel out of control in a different way. So it's really important in all of this is to look at why you're reacting the way you are. What's really going on underneath? Yes, being organized and being on top of things as a mama and and a dad is really important because our world requires so much from us. But if this is getting to a point where it's causing more stress than what's really going on underneath. And I mean, a practical tip is You just leave it for once a day and clean up. I mean, I've heard a lot of parenting and minimalist experts talk about that. Just let it go and do one at the end of the day. I think madness comes from trying to clean up throughout the day. Yeah, it's like (laughs) shoveling snow in a snowstorm. Exactly. Yes. But you know me, I'm always looking for the deeper understanding of what's happening here. So if we're really hanging on to a clean house as a sense of control and perfection, then we need to look at why that's happening and how else we can support ourselves. Okay, I've been told to wrap up. No more questions for Chev. I'll just have to have my own private session with Amy later. Anytime. All right. Thank you so much for that, Amy. Thank you. That's Amy Taylor-Kabaz. She's a life coach and author of Happy Mama, The Guide to Finding Yourself Again. And Amy will be at One Fine Baby in Sydney on Saturday, November 4 and Sunday, November 5 at 1.35pm to chat about how to find and trust your parenting instinct. It's at the Hall of Industries at Moore Park and it's free. So come on down and say hi. We'd love to see you. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. 
It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.